We're back, everybody. It's season two of the Real Faith for Real Life podcast. On today's show, what's in the news? A bunch of people got free money for Christmas. We'll tell you how. I missed that one. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how the 21st century Grinch is just a bot. Wow. We're going to dig into that, but we're also going to talk about how Jesus is the only way on today's episode. All right. So stick around. It's Real Faith for Real Life, a podcast from Cascade Fellowship in Grand Rapids. You like that new music, Brian? I do. It's That's great. yeah, new for 2022. All right, man, and it Good is a pick. new year. That's right. You have any New Year's resolutions? I do not make resolutions. Uh, good for you. <laughs> How good about for you? you. Well, I don't know. I've stopped wearing a smartwatch. Right. I've turned off notifications for Facebook, Instagram, yeah. even email because okay. I've just I found that my life was dictated by the constant dings and <laughs> pings and vibrations. wasn't good for my heart. You know, it wasn't good for my mind, wasn't yeah. good for my productivity even. Yeah. So I'm now dictating my own day instead of letting the dings dictate my day. Good. Plus, Jess and I, my wife Jess and I are trying a new diet. Okay. And it's based on the guy who took Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah, from, I've seen this. You know, pudgy kind of to a superhero. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing all smoothies all the time. Yeah. You're doing like all the resolutions at once. <laughs> <laughs> And here, well, they're all failing at once. So this is what the smoothie looks like. Oh, appetizer. <laughs> As you can see, I haven't I haven't eaten it this morning. Instead, yeah. I went to Starbucks. So that's already a fail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, we're, we're doing a, a few little, days in. Yeah, you're allowed to cheat day. Okay. <laughs> so how about for Christmas? Do you get what you want for Christmas? Yeah, we are going on vacation. Ooh. That was my Christmas gift. So, yeah, so we're going to have a guest host uh, for the next two weeks, right. but yeah. good for you. Yeah. I got one of my favorite vintage instruments for Christmas. I collect vintage instruments, so Fender Rhodes, one of the original electric pianos. Yeah. Very happy. But you know what? Getting into the news. Here on the podcast, we like to keep you updated with what's in the news, and uh, we believe real faith interacts with real life. That's and right. so here's real life, man, this crazy story that about 75,000 people and companies received a surprise Christmas gift when a bank accidentally deposited $171 million into their accounts on Christmas Day. Good timing. The bank was named (laughs) Santa Ander or something like that. (laughs) Appropriate. (laughs) So the news story goes that unfortunately it was just an error. Of course it was an error. Of course. They, They did every transaction twice. People got twice as much money as they should have, and they took it back. Okay. How do you take back money you've already given away? I don't know, but man, that'd be a crazy Christmas. Yeah, it would. I I would be I'd be spending <laughs> that before they took it back. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and so yeah, so this mistake happened. Tell us about the the payments. Yeah, there were two thousand accounts that were processed twice. Okay. Uh, so people saw their wages double yeah. and suppliers got more than they expected for their stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a really. It's always been an interesting question to me. Like, if somebody makes an error, right. you're checking out at Bob Evans or whatever, and they give you way too much money back. Mm-hmm. Isn't that on them? <laughs> what is the ethical <laughs> that, response? Is that horrible for a pastor to say? <laughs> but it, if somebody makes a mistake, yeah, I don't know. We're yeah. going to get into issues like that Good. soon as we keep on drilling into what the Bible has to say. But, so let's jump to the second. Yeah, the second uh, news story that you picked out. 
The 21st Century Grinch is a bot. Tell us about this. Yeah, so you might know when you try to buy a concert ticket, it's sometimes hard because people are grabbing them all up the instant they go online, right? And now people have started using bots, robots, to do that. They just constantly refresh the page faster than a human can do and Mm -hmm. snap it all up. Well, now it's not just concerts. It's actually Christmas presents, too. Okay. And people have dubbed these things Grinch bots. Yeah. You know, with the, uh, the the supply chain and the shape it is, some gifts are even harder to find than usual. And so people have developed these Grinch bots to snatch up items, which they then resale for many, many, many times what they're really worth. Interesting. The Grinch yeah. strikes again. So are you saying that the little CAPTCHA things where you have to pick like the three crosswalk images, <laughs> are those going to get worse? Yeah, the bots have figured <laughs> them out. and. Ironically, I haven't figured them right, out. Exactly. Some, I, it literally took me like two or three minutes to get past one. <laughs> Is that a bus? Right. And it, it said, wait for new bus. Yeah, yeah, anyway. The new images, man. Yeah, I hate that one. Anyway, so lawmakers are working on the Grinch Bot Act, which okay. would expand protection to include protecting consumers from these things. Yeah. But apparently the lobbyists, the Grinch lobbyists are strong because this is probably going to fail and it would be like at oh. least the third time it's failed. So... Already. Good luck, parents, finding that <laughs> Christmas gift. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we've got a year. Maybe something will change. Maybe maybe we'll figure something out. <laughs> Total depravity, right? That's right. <laughs> That's what we talk about here on this show, the, the interface of theology and your real life. And often in the news, <clears throat> it's human sinfulness, unfortunately, and the need for people to do the right thing. <laughs> and today, you know, we're going to explore how Jesus is the remedy for that situation, ultimately. Yeah. And uh, we're going to turn to John 14, 6 to check it out right after this. All right, so we started this week, we started a new series talking about John 14, 6. Jesus makes three statements here. Mm-hmm. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Then he goes on and he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So in a culture and in a time where uh, we think a lot of people think that any road leads to heaven, right? What is is the reality? Do all roads lead to heaven? Well, this verse is tough, like you say. It makes a big claim, an exclusivist claim, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Not all roads lead to heaven. And you know what? Just to use an analogy, not all roads lead to heaven to church. Not all roads lead to your workplace, your office, your vacation, where you're going. You've got to get on the right road. Uh, So it only makes sense that uh, that applies to other things as well. Not all roads lead to heaven. And maybe, just maybe, there's only one way. But people want it to be different from religion. And today's episode is all about why that's not the case. So John 14, 6 is really fascinating. Um, If you look at it, Jesus is saying goodbye to his closest followers. It's kind of what's called the farewell formula. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to when uh, Jacob said uh, farewell in the Old Testament or Moses. So he's offering them comfort. He's offering them a charge with what to do, and he's giving them some encouragement. The chief encouragement is, hey, I'm going to heaven, going to God, going to the Father to prepare a place for you. I'll be back for you. And even better than that, you know the way there because you know me and I'm the way. Right. So that leads to the obvious question then, what is the way? 
Yeah, so when Jesus says he is the way, not he points to the way, right. but he is the way, I think that's where we begin to see that Christianity is making this radical claim that no other religion makes, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so Jesus is the way um, in the fact that he has provided forgiveness for us through his own sacrifice of himself. Right. That sin demands a punishment, that punishment is death, uh, a holy God must punish sins. That's horrible news for any of us who do uh, wrong things, who are not perfect. That's you, and that's me, and that's yep. everybody listening, if we're honest with ourselves. And so we need more than somebody to point us to a way, like, hey, do all these things, get on this path of actions or get on this path of rituals, but we need someone to actually pay for all the wrong things that we've done. Right. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at here. And that's how his followers and the early church understood the cross, right? Yeah, there's not a lot of, in my opinion and my study, there's not a lot of um, debate in the early church about what the cross was really about. So in Acts 4, very, very early in the history of the church, you read this sermon, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Pretty exclusivist. Uh, claim and pretty high view of the cross and what Jesus actually accomplished. Uh, 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man uh, Christ Jesus. And so again, an exclusivist claim, we claim we need a mediator between sinful humanity and a holy God. That mediator should be uh, human and God. There's one qualified for that, that's Jesus. So there's one mediator. And then finally, Jesus himself talked like this, you know, many, many times throughout his time on earth. So in John 3, 36, we read, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So sort of like I was talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. mankind, we have a a sin problem that uh, God is holy and must punish that, and that his wrath will remain on us unless someone else takes it away. And what divides those who have it taken away and those not, this verse is clear and all the other ones, it's uh, if you believe in Jesus, if you trust in him, if you accept what he's done on your behalf, not if you're basically a good person, try really hard, do a bunch of things, but the Bible seems to be really clear. Believe in Jesus, that one name under heaven uh, by which man must be saved and you will be saved. And that's the only way. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, you said on Sunday that um, about half of proclaiming Christians today don't believe this, even as clear as it is. So if the Bible is so clear, why are so many rejecting this, I mean, this essential part of our faith? Yeah, I think it has to do with the culture that we live in. Mm. Uh, I think the Bible's pretty clear about it, but when the Bible rubs up against the culture yeah. uh, and you spend like 23 and seven-eighths hours a day in culture, <laughs> and maybe if you're lucky, one-eighth of an hour in the Scripture. <laughs> you that's can convicting. S- yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like if if you get to that level. Right. That's like the top 10%, right? Yeah. But, I mean, just frankly, a lot of people spend a lot more time in culture than yeah. in the culture of Scripture and in the truth of Scripture. So even Christians today are really fuzzy about this. And this Sunday I preached uh, here at Cascade Fellowship, and I basically said, like, guys, what are we doing? If we don't believe this, why are we here in this room? Why are we not out skiing or out on the lake or out having a good time? Why are we sending hundreds of thousands of dollars 
and people risking their lives to try to get people to believe in Jesus. If he's not the other way, save your money, bring them back home. And so I believe that's part of why we're seeing Christianity kind of on the decline. Why would you be part of it if all roads lead to heaven? You get a few benefits. You meet new friends. You have fellowship. But you can do that anywhere. So in my mind, this is a really important doctrine to recover and uh, to talk about. And so I want to acknowledge, of course, right now that a lot of people listening uh, may be on the fence about it or may believe the other way that, well, the Bible's an imperfect book. It kind of records some things that are right and some things that are wrong. And this is just one of those things that's wrong. And I can't believe that. I just can't believe that mm-hmm. God would only offer one way. I can't believe that my Hindu friend, apart from Jesus, the wrath of God's going to remain on him. I can't believe that my ag- agnostic neighbor who lives such a good life, you know, I just can't believe it. So if that's you, you're in luck because today's show, I'm going to address some of the most common objections that people raise. Well, I think there's about six of them. Okay. So let's jump to these objections. The first one is that some truth is objective, but religion, values, and morals are not objective. Right. So we kind of live in a post-truth world. Mm -hmm. I'll be talking about that extensively in next week's sermon, but... Uh, we don't actually live like that. I okay. mean, if you go to the cashier at a grocery store and you give them a 20 and you owe them 10, you expect 10 back. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we believe that 2 plus 2 is 4, and it works. Obviously, you take math to the extreme, and that's how we land on the moon or how we set this new James Webb Space Telescope in Lagrange Point to. Uh, math is objective, you know. Finance is objective. And we kind of live like that even if we don't say that. But still, even if you if you say that, there are still some people who say, well, well, that that's math. But when you talk about God, that's not objective. Mm-hmm. My view of God is different than your view of God, <clears throat> and that's fine. And, and my view of morals is different than your views of morals, yeah. and that's fine. My view of right and wrong is different, and everybody has their own truth. Well, I don't think that works either, and for the same reason. We really don't live like that. And there's probably no better example right now than cancel culture, and that's worth a whole podcast on its own. (laughs) Think what you will about cancel culture. It shows that people still have this strong opinion about what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, you can't host a TV show or host an award show if you've ever said, like, something against a minority like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, culture has this pretty strong opinion of what's right and what's wrong if you dig down deep enough. And beyond cancel culture, I mean, just look at this generation that's coming up, Gen Z. Uh, They really care about injustice. They care about human trafficking. Um, They want things to be right in the world. They don't want um, suffering to happen overseas or or people to be destroying our planet or profiting off the backs of the lower class. Um, So I think our culture implicitly knows, even if they don't admit, there is a wrong and there is a right. And uh, it's not completely subjective. If you ever find someone who does think there's no right and no wrong, um, just steal their money and say, (laughs) see what happens. That feels right to me. Right. I'm glad you disagree, but I think we have to agree to disagree. All right. No one lives that way. (laughs) But even so, there is no way to really know which way is the right way. And so we should not advocate one over the other. Right. Okay. So that's a good that's a commonly heard objection. <laughs> um, even if there's a right way, 
who knows which one is right, right. you know? And so a lot of people end up just saying everybody's equally right. Hmm. Now, listen, if if you say that, uh, the the unstated thing you're really saying is that my view is right and yours is wrong. So it's really just an exclusive claim, just like Christianity is. Um, if you were to say Jesus is the only way, that's exclusive and it sounds exclusive. But if another person says, well, all roads lead to heaven... That's a claim too. Mm-hmm. And by definition, that claim means the claim that Jesus is the only way is wrong. And so both sides are making exclusivist claims if you dig down deep enough. Yeah. They're both claiming an exclusive truth of what's right and what's wrong. Um, and both can't be right. And let's take it one more step here. So maybe there really is a divine force that is true and objective, but humans, we just... We can't totally grasp that. We can't get the whole picture. So a common way to illustrate this, people think of it as like God is an elephant. So Leslie Newbegin in his book, The Gospel and Pluralist Society, he compares religion to an elephant and people grasping for truth. And people say, you know what? No one religion has all the truth. Religions are like blind men grasping at this elephant. And one blind person, you know, will grab the trunk and say, God is like a hose. And another one will grab the leg and say, no, he's more like a tree stump. And a third will grab the tail and say, no, God is more like a string. And so this argument goes, nobody can really know the complete picture of God. We all just kind of see our part, and that's okay. So everybody's right. But Leslie Newbegin in his book says, really, really brilliant thing he says, but do you realize the problem with this analogy? The only way you could possibly know that every religion just has a part of the truth is if you see the whole picture. The only way you know every single religion is blind if, is if you think you're not. The only possible way to say nobody has superior knowledge is to assume you have superior knowledge, <laughs> just as you said nobody else is supposed to have. And so, again, it's an exclusive truth claim, just like Christianity is. If you dig down deep enough, everything's an exclusive truth claim. And... Um, I think there's good evidence for why Christianity is the one correct exclusive truth claim. Um, And we're actually going to talk about that a lot in next week's sermon. So I'm not going to repeat it here. Just encourage everybody to to tune in, cascadefellowship.org, and then uh, we'll unpack it a little bit next week on the podcast too. So the third objection, uh, Christianity can't be the one way because of how much evil has been done in the name of Christianity. Yeah. So even if there is one right way, it can't be Christianity because yeah. it's just people have misused it so much. If you hear that, I mean, you first have to admit there's there's some truth in that. Mm-hmm. You have to admit, man, people have really misused the Christian faith over the years and Absolutely. continue to, right. by the way. Um, but we have to remind other people that that's not unique to Christianity. A lot of wars have been started in the name of religion, other religions, and people with no religions have started wars. Secularists and atheists have started wars that have been very deadly. So the common thread here is not um, Christianity or even religion. It's the human heart. It's it's sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, Christianity, I think, has the best, most realistic evaluation and uh, treatment for that. <laughs> um, so and secondly, beyond even all that, we should remind people that in actuality, Christianity has been a tremendous force for good across all the centuries. 
Um, we could give a lot of examples, but um, just look at the Bible itself and look at the virtues it expects Christians to have. Yeah. It creates the kind of world we would want to have if you really follow its teachings. Um, for instance, you can only be a Christian if, you would, if you're humble, if you admit that you need saving, if you admit that you don't deserve you know, God's grace. So really, if you're a Christian, you cannot feel superior to other people. Mm. Sounds pretty non-oppressive to me. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I think Christians should be living like their, their Savior, mm. Jesus, who even as he was dying, you know, turned the other cheek and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Um, and he asks us to live like that. Now, the fact that we're not, or many Christians are not, uh, doesn't invalidate the religion. All religions have followers that misrepresent um, the faith. Christianity is unfortunately no different, but that doesn't invalidate the religion as a whole. Right. So the next objection then is even if Christianity is a way, God can't offer just the one, one way, right? Mm-hmm. And be loving. Yeah. I hear this a lot. And man, if you really think about what what God did for us, if you believe the Bible's true, if you're a Christian and listening to this today, and you believe God sent his son to die on a cross for you, mm-hmm. to be spit upon and beaten and insulted and mocked, and to die a painful and brutal death, and on the spiritual realm, even worse than that, to be separated from his father and to endure the, all the wrath that you should be getting, and to, to take all that in and say, no, I think God should have done more. He should have made an, another way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, when you think about it that way, it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> you know, it, how, how would you possibly look at God and say, that's not enough. Give me another way. You should have made another way. Yeah. Um, when you really understand the implications of the gospel, um, you, you just don't say something like that. And so for Christians, I encourage us to, again, deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel and, uh, and what it really means. And then you see there's like literally one way that God could make this happen, yeah. to be just and to be loving, to punish sin, but also to make a way for us to be part of his family. There's, there's, there's one way to do it. Well, all right, last objection that we're going to talk about today. Even if Christian Excuse me. Even if Christianity is the only way, there's no way that that would work in our pluralistic world today. Yeah. So even if you made it this far in the podcast, and you're like, <laughs> okay, you've addressed every one of my objections. I believe you're right. But Bill, that just won't work today. Yeah. Uh, I want to remind you of how Christianity started. Uh, we act like pluralism is the first time it's ever existed. Uh, the Roman world was extremely pluralistic. How much so? I mean, every geographical area had its own god. Right. You know, the god of Ephesus was different than the god of Sparta, you know, and gods had limited authority, and everybody had their own god, and that was fine. You know, every group of people had their own god, and there was a lot of gods, in yeah. fact. Um, we're probably not even that pluralistic today. I don't right. know, in some right. regards. Christianity flourished and blossomed and grew and exploded in that environment, Mm -hmm. and it can again. So we shouldn't be ashamed uh, to be part of an exclusivist religion that says Jesus is the way, the only way. No one comes to the Father but through him. 
we shouldn't be ashamed of that. We shouldn't whitewash that. We shouldn't like put a little asterisk by that and say, eh, not really, yeah. because it sounds foreign to people's ears today. Uh, if it is true, that's not the loving thing to do. That's the most hateful thing to do, to keep them away from the one source of salvation. So for Christians listening, I hope uh, some of these objections and their answers has emboldened you to like stand firm in what the Bible says. And, you know, for non-Christians listening, if if that's you and you've been considering like, oh, Christianity, it's it's fine, but it's yeah. the same as Buddhism and it's the same as Confucianism and it's the same as whatever, uh, it's not, you know. It's very different. Um, I encourage you to dig deep into what the Bible says, see that it is different, and then make a choice. I think that's what Jesus is calling for, to make a choice, to follow him or not. But you can't have it both ways. So next week, we're going to continue. Jesus said he's not only the way, but he is the truth as well. And uh, kind of gets into some of these issues we just talked about, but we'll dig, dig deeper into that next week. Looking forward to it. All right. See you then. <laughs>